All right, so it looks like we are live. <laughs> yes, we, hello, hello, Chris. Happy Wednesday. Come on, it is a good Wednesday. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy that again, it's like the last Wednesday of the month. Uh, this it? month's like normal, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the last Wednesday of the month, like, literally, it's. I'm talking about, yeah, like, well, I'll take that back. We actually got one more Wednesday, the 31st. I'm sorry. One more Wednesday, so, yes. right? yeah, they, I'm, I'm, I got my dates wrong. Uh, the 24th, boom. So, yeah, 31st. We got one more Wednesday, but it's just crazy for me. I'm thinking about we're almost like halfway through the year and so much has happened uh, and we still got a long way to go, right? Definitely. Definitely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so, you had a good weekend and everything rejuvenated. I did. I did. I have an amazing weekend and I had an amazing week so far. <laughs> Come on. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, one thing. Um, well, you know what? Before I get on that, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, open us up. So I'm Christopher Bush, financial advisor. I'm Abby Joseph, your tax strategist. Come on. And welcome to another episode of the Red Line, guys. Uh, welcome to another Wednesday on, the, uh, you know, kind of hosted by the Come Up series. We got to be a big part, right? So uh, I would just want you to go ahead and click the like button, click the subscribe button before we get started. And um, back in the background, go ahead and uh, do our intro. That's Hunter. One thing I wanted to do when we get started, um, could you do this for me? We, I think we had a couple. Can you check? Did you check? Our, can you check our email real quick? I can't. Yeah. I just check our email real quick. And um, I want to give everybody a chance again. Um, this is one of those episodes that um, you know I want you guys to be really involved with, and I want you to go ahead and Vic, if you can put that on our screen, guys. You know, every single Wednesday, if this is your first Wednesday joining us, we want to make sure that you know our content, our episode is about you, the viewers. Um, I, I, we, our goal is to really give you real world information, right? Um, and examples of different topics. Okay. You know, and this week we have been kind of talking about, um, you know, insurance topics and stuff. And I want to make sure that um, we kind of give you guys some real world examples so I can truly break, break it down. Okay. And um, I, I want you to kind of go on our, 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 send us an email, right? On, on help at the come up series.co, right? That is help at the come up series.co. Um, please, again, bring your questions to us, right? Because that's the biggest part of our show to make us keep going is uh, we want input from you, right? If you have questions, if you have ideas, if you have things that say, hey, look, Chris, I heard about this and I want to be able to cover it. You know, how does that work? OK, uh, we want to give you guys the opportunity to have that. So, you yeah. know, Abby, you know, uh, any, especially on your side, too, right? It's big, even from a tax standpoint. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's the goal. The goal is to be able to use you um, you guys scenario as cousins to use a cousin scenario. So then we can actually give you guys the best examples. So if you guys are looking into if you guys have any tax questions or um, any tax code questions that or before, if you were about to make a big purchase, um, one um, one question that I had this week was um, I had a client that 
you know, they're about to go purchase a vehicle and they wanted to go over the depreciation. One of the things that I like is when our clients reach out to us before they make, you know, a huge decision in purchasing a product. So yeah, definitely reach out to us. The best way guys is not to DM me on, on Instagram, but the best way to do so is by, um, by sending out those emails. We didn't have any emails, so we have no questions to answer. Um, but definitely guys help at the come up send us these questions so we can make sure that we provide you guys the best answers and service. Good stuff. So we did have, I guess I had a couple, um, um, had an interesting scenario that came through from one of our viewers, right? So they didn't send us an email. They actually gave me a call, right? Um, and this one's kind of personal for me. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one thing it, it's one thing when you can kind of do services and help people, you know, I'm going to feel this way, Abby, but when you can help people that you love and you know personally, it just hits different, right? Um, you know, and sometimes, especially in our field, when you're in financial services or tax or anytime when you're building a business, sometimes you would think you know your friends and family they may support you in the beginning but sometimes those may be the the last people that you actually actually help right i mean i hope i probably help more strangers right that i've never known but more than friends and family sometimes does that make sense that right? makes, in, that makes sense right in the, in the beginning of my career now it was a little bit different right so one so one of one of my good friends he was actually the best man in my wedding abby uh he was actually the best man in my wedding and um, he, he was kind of looking up some, you know, again, different topics when it comes to insurance. And again, we're has, having an insurance uh, month. Right. So he came to me and he was, you know, kind of talking about the infinite banking, the cash flow banking that we talked about before. And one of the things that I wanted to he wanted me to look at, he said, Chris, before I do anything like this, I want to get I want you to review it. Okay? OK. And I said, you know, go ahead and send me the document so we can kind of go through it and we can understand how this stuff works. Now, mm -hmm. it's pretty detailed that I'm going to cover. So I, I want to kind of make it not too, I, I want to make it digestible so we guys, so you guys can ask questions. But I want you to understand the concepts that I'm going to cover. Okay. Um, so let me kind of show this part first. And if anybody actually has, I'm, I'm just curious, is there anybody that's maybe watching the show or, you know, um, that maybe hit a, watch it on a recording? If you actually have like an infinite banking, cash flow banking, bank of you type of policy, if you have one, like, you know, I would just kind of love to see who actually has one. That's um, that's interesting. Let me see if I can do this. Let's see. Let's see. Boom. That's a good question. I might put a question in there uh, for you. Okay. No problem. Marianne asks, um, let's pull this up real quick for her. Hey, cousins, thanks for doing this. I have a question about 1099 jobs and taxes. How do you set aside um, taxes so you are not overwhelmed at the end of the year? That's a very good question. Um, to be quite honest with you, this year I had several, um, I had several clients that were um, 1099s. Um, I had a doctor who was a, um, a contractor. I had nurses who were contractor and a lot of individuals that are in real estate that were, um, that are 1099s. So the best way you have options, which I love. So you do have some options. Um, option number one would be to do what's called estimated quarterly taxes. So every quarter you pay estimated tax. So what your CPA or your accountant would do is to take your quarterly income or to project what your quarterly income is going to be. And what we will do is we will give you an amount of what that quarter you need to pay as estimated tax. Okay. Those are for my clients that are not disciplined. 
So my clients that are not disciplined, I usually advise them that you do need to do quarterly estimated tax. Um, the second option that you do have is I always say that there's um, four accounts that you need to have as a business owner or a subcontractor. You need to have your profit sharing, um, which I use. I use STOP. Um, STOP is your savings, your tax account, your operation account, and um your um, profit sharing account. So you want to make sure that you do have a tax account. And in that tax account, what you would do is you would take a percentage of whatever you make, either weekly, biweekly, or monthly, you would deposit that percentage, you would put it in your tax account. So then at the end of the year, you're not looking at, um, you're not surprised at your tax liability and you have already prepared to pay for that tax liability. The reason why is because as a 1099 um, um, individual, you are paying the tax on the back end, whereas a W-2 pay their taxes in the front end. And regardless, if you are a 1099 or small business owner, it is important to understand taxation as a way, as you make income, you are required to pay tax. So just like in your W-2, you got paid bi-weekly, you paid those tax bi-weekly. Who made, who made those tax payments for you was the company. Now that you are a business owner, you are responsible to make sure that you do pay those tax. So because you have to pay the taxation in the back end, it's important for you to actually have income ready for you to pay those taxes, or you can do estimated tax. Now to go even a little bit deeper, let's just say you are making $50,000 or more, just like my client that was making about $80,000 um, um, $80, a year. And then I had another client that made about 300,000. And then I had another that was making $700,000. So with those individuals, and that can be you, um, what I would recommend is that you elect as an S-Corp. So what is the electing as an S-Corp helps you with? So what you pretty much tell an IRS is that, hey, listen, I would like to be taxed as an S-Corp. So even though you are a 1099, I would say create an LLC, Marianne. Um, LLC does two things for you, right? It, it's a protection. Um, it protects, it's a limited liability. So it protects your personal assets. So you want to create, I would say, create an LLC, um, and then elect as an S-Corp. Um, by electing as an S-Corp, you are not taxed on the distribution, whereas under an LLC, you are taxed twice. You are taxed on um, federal and you are taxed on self-employment tax. That's why 1099, they get taxed so heavily. You are taxed on federal depending on where you are in the tax bracket and you are taxed 15.3% of um, self-employment tax. So create an LLC, then elect as an S-Corp. So then you are not going to be taxed in the self-employment area. Um, if you are going to create elect as an S-Corp, I would say you need to either have your accountant, your CPA, complete form 2553 for you. I know it was a mouthful, <laughs> but those are the three steps that I would recommend um, as a 1099 jobs when it comes to taxes. I hope that helped, Marion. <laughs> That was good. Thank you, uh, um, Abby, on that. That's that's amazing how we do that. I found I got all the information uh, and you guys are going to be really good on this. A U.S. pay setter. Boom. Uh, 20 year growth. Awesome. So watch this. So let's go ahead and get into it here. 
Um, we're going to kind of look at the average returns on some things. I'm going to bring up our policy. This is page number. Make sure I got the page numbers right. And page numbers right. Let's see what page number is this. Okay, I'll leave it here. All right, so we got the PowerPoint. Got the share. All right. Man, come on. Let's get it get let's get it going. Let's see. <laughs> like technology. Uh, come on now, window. Okay, so I literally just reset it all. So I'm trying to pull up. Okay, here we go. I'm making sure I'm pulling up our Google Chrome to pull up our presentation. What are you doing? Well, okay. we do have a quick question while you're doing that, Chris. Uh, yeah. One of the questions that we had um, someone emailed to us was, what's the best way to get a decent cost-effective life insurance policy if you have a major health issue. Um, I currently have LI through my employer, um, but that's limited to X times my salary. And if I leave that company, it goes away. Also, what type of um, life insurance should I be looking for um, if I'm at age 51? Yeah. So on on for for the life insurance based upon your medical condition it's really so your medical condition is going to dictate what life insurance company that you use. Right. And that, and that's the part that's huge. You need to work with, a, you know, life insurance is kind of like a broker that's not just working with one company. Right. Especially if you have underlying medical conditions. Right. So multiple different companies specialize in different types. So depending upon if it's like a, a illness like cancer or remember, they want to see that you're out of remission for at least five years minimum. Sometimes some client they want to see at least 10 years out of remission so you can actually get a fully covered policy. If you if you're not in if you have not been in remission for over like 10 years, no, you know, no, no, no. Uh, you may have going to the doctors, those type things. Then they're going to say, OK, well, you may not get actually for a, a policy that's fully approved from day one. OK, what mm -hmm. will happen? They may give you what you call a graded policy or a guaranteed issued policy, or you maybe be capped out on how much life insurance coverage you can get. It may be twenty five, thirty, forty thousand dollars. Or some companies may give you up to 100, but they may be it. OK, so it really is really going to depend upon what type of um, um, what, what type of condition that you have. And then we would need to pair that up with the proper company. Um, so with me, I work with multiple, probably over, you know, 100 plus different carriers or so, um, you know, a lot of different carriers and in, in, in different from dis disability to life insurance to um, auto home rent, like all the carriers, I'm able to pull a list and figure out, okay, which one fits your specific need um, that you mm -hmm. would like to have. Okay? Um, okay. But in the grand scheme of things, go ahead, Abby. No, I was listening. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that that would be the the perfect the perfect way to do that. Um, it's kind of hard to kind of give like a blanket statement, or I can kind of I would actually be able to give you a, a real company if you send me an email. I'll actually give you the if you send me an email with your condition and um your you said you're 51, and then I'll able to give you a real what company is best for you, and then what your coverages options look like. Right, I was actually be able to do that. So you say if it's cancer, it's usually 10 years of remission. We would need to, we would need to see 10. Now some companies would do it like after five, but again, it's going to be a greater 
get policy. And what that means is this. Let's say if somebody passes away in the first two years, they will only get the premiums back plus a rate of return mm-hmm. on the premiums that you receive. Right. Okay. You wouldn't actually get the full death benefit. OK. Wow. Uh, or a graded or guaranteed issue. So you see what I'm saying? So you want to make sure you have um, something like that in place. OK. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Any other questions that we that we see? Let me see. Yeah. Um, I was interested in getting a policy for myself and was wondering which policyholders you would recommend. Do we have a list of um, carriers that we um, that you would recommend, Chris? Uh, again, it's, it's probably going to depend upon age, mm-hmm. am- uh, amount of coverage, but um, it's probably yeah, it's going to be on age and amount of co- age and an amount of co- the amount of coverage. I'll probably say, um, but there's a lot of good ones that you can go with. Let's say uh, if I'm looking at cheap ones, say probably protective is one that's if we're doing term. So say, hey, look, we're looking at term, maybe protective. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at uh, true stage. It's really cheap. You can look at um, um, PFS is really, um, really cheap, uh, depending upon how, what coverage you have. Um, what other coverage are we looking at? Pin, pin mutual. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yes. What else? What else? What else? That was probably like some of the main ones that I would that I would list. Okay. All right, that'll be some of the main ones. You, uh, let's say, fucking life insurance or parents not living in the U.S. Say that again. Okay, let me see. That one's. This one, let's see. This one's long. So this one's is not necessary life insurance, but okay. Um. I would like advice on rolling over money from my past employer pension account to Roth IRA. I also want to roll some of the money into my three kids um, UTMA account. I have about $17,779 to roll over. Lastly, Chris, you touched on life insurance plans. I have a term life policy that is little over $440,000, but it's our children that will benefit from this. So I have a question regarding how can we set up pay out to our kids if we are both gone how can the how can the pay the least amount of fees okay so, can they so, so they want some... fee taxable court settlement costs life insurance proceeds costs life settlement costs so mm-hmm. the first thing is with life insurance if it's a death benefit it's completely tax-free Right. So life insurance is a tax free benefit. So then if you say, hey, look, I want the life insurance to go to kids, say, God forbid, two people pass away, mom and dad. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you would you know, if you want to stipulate how the life insurance proceeds are going to go reach the children, that's when a trust is going to come in place. Right. Yeah. And I think Abby, you know, go ahead. No, that's what I was thinking as well, too. Correct. Yeah. A a trust would do that. Okay, Mm -hmm. And for for our you know, we're going over topics uh, for our June topic. One of the biggest topics we'll kind of talk about is the trust. Since we're talking about insurance for this month, we want to go into the trust side um, probably next month a little bit so you can understand how those two things go in place, right? Um, you know, a couple of people have asked me previously a dynasty trust, a, a generational skipping trust, those type things, a living trust will. Um, those things are so huge on what we need in today's society, uh, especially when we're dealing with our finances. Okay. Um, let's see. Show. All right. If I pay for mentorship, is that a tax credit? If so, can you explain the tax credit and how it is applied? 
Okay, Louis, depending on how you are trading. So if you are trading under your social security number and you pay for a mentorship, mentorship that is not a tax credit. Um, that is literally just a personal expense. Now, if you are trading under an entity, then it could be, it's a tax deduction. It is an expense. So um, if it is mentorship, it is a um, continuing education expense. So that's when you can actually deduct. Um, um, that's when that becomes a deduction of an expense. Okay. Um, last, let me see, next question. Um, can you get life insurance for a parent who is not from the USA and living overseas? If they don't have a social security number, a TIN yeah. or a TIN number, you know. Yeah, you can. They have to have a um, TIN number or social security number. Okay, good questions, guys. Good questions. Yeah, y'all are doing. Y'all are doing good. I'm guessing today is question day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would like to get another question. I guess when I say email me, you guys, you guys understood the assignment. Come on. <laughs> okay. Let's get these questions in here for you guys. Huh? Okay. Let's see. Uh, let me have this question. Post. Let me post this question in here for you guys. You guys can see it. All right. So I would like to get a policy for my dad who is 57 and has diabetes and neuropathy. Um, would I need his permission to do so? Yeah, legally. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, because even though that you're the policy owner of the policy, um, he is the primary insured. Right. So what happens is that when you fill out the application, not only does the the um, the owner of the policy need to sign, but also the primary insured would need to sign as well. And again, you, you can't just get life insurance on somebody that you, you know, that doesn't give you permission to. Right. So legally, you would want to have permission to get that type of policy, even if you're even if it's your parents, even if it's your your child's mother or your child's father. Legally, you're supposed to make sure that you have um, uh, permission to do that. Right. And they should be there at the time of sale as well. Right. Yeah. And it's it's it. And I'll give you a perfect example. I remember. Um, and you guys already know my story. My parents don't believe in life insurance. So um, it is a discussion that my siblings and I, we had discussed, you know, should we just go behind their back and do this? You know, sometimes um, because you know something is good for someone, it doesn't necessarily mean it gives you permission to do it for them. So um, even though, yes, you may know that this is good, this will help. Um, it, it still does not give you the right or the permission to do it behind their back. What I would say to do, um, I would say educate him, right? Educate him, um, show him the pros and the cons, be transparent with him, um, and allow him to, um, to make the decision with you uh, um, with the policy. I hope that helps. <laughs> um, can I get, let's see. Um, can I get life insurance for 67-year-old parent without medical exam and also with a medical exam? What would you recommend for the type of insurance to get? Yeah. So wait, so say what again? The 67 and what? Hold on, let me go. Um, can I get life oh, insurance for no 67 year old parent? Yeah. Without so again, medical exam? if it's you're they're gonna ask for medical, they're gonna do a medical. 
if they're 67, they're going to do some type of medical. Now, some policies, let's say if you do a guaranteed issue, guaranteed issue, meaning they won't even do medical. However, there's going to be stipulations to that. Right. Meaning that, again, if they pass away in the first one year, first two years, you may not get a full death payout. Right. Or again, you're going to get premiums back plus interest. So it's going to be important to understand um, what medical condition do they have? What pills are they taking? Um, height and weight, dot, all that stuff matters and it comes to underwriting process, right? And so there's a, a different, a bunch of different cases where you can get insurance coverage. 67 is really not that old, but I don't know if you would get the type of coverage that you would want. Always remember this. If somebody's, as you get closer to 50 years old, life insurance premiums, like almost, they skyrocket, right? So, it, you know, know it, it may be sometimes 67, 70 years old, it may be like, $250 a month for like $25,000 worth of coverage, you know? That's crazy. Yeah. And, and again, I think that's I'll, where... I probably would do an S&P 500 for my life insurance then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or one month. good thing that we... Right? One, one good thing that we kind of talk about is I think that's why it's so important to invest because there is situations to where, let's say somebody is a little bit older, they do have medical conditions, but we don't want to get life insurance or we don't want to pay that premium. Or one thing that you can do is, you know, if they want something that's conservative, that's going to have a floor, that's going to pay out um, 100% of the death benefit and not really a lot of volatility with the market, we can actually do like a, fin a fixed index annuity, right? With no income riders, okay? So that'll guarantee the money, right? You'll have a floor on, on your uh, on your investment, right? Depending upon what carrier you use in contracts, we can have a lot more upside potential, but that'll give you the death benefit that you need by taking a portion of the assets that a client already has and move that to a fixed index annuity and make their own life insurance policy for that if they have medical conditions and if they have money set aside instead of spending two, three, four hundred $400 a month on an insurance policy. Yeah, that's, that's actually an, a wonderful alternative. And for for those of you that are um, that are listening, um, for those of cousins that are listening, that um, that are nervous or um, is the converse, the life insurance conversation with your parents or with your family is hard. Yes, it's, it is a tough conversation to have, but it is a conversation that is a must to have. Regardless if you're going to have life insurance or not, the idea that we're not going to be here forever is a, is a conversation to actually have. Um, it, I know it's sensitive. I know it's a tough conversation. I would say make it a goal um, for this year for you and your family. Um, you know, maybe it's something that we need to discuss during Thanksgiving, you know, because now all of us are here as a family. Hey, mom, pop, there's something that, you know, that's been heavy in my heart that I would like to discuss with you guys. It is not about our current. It's about the it's about current and future. Um one thing that um, I actually did was I um, I went over my whole my parents' um, assets. I went over all their assets. I would I gave them a scenario. Hey, listen, if you pass, this is exactly what would happen. So they they had a picture. So try to paint a picture for them. But I understand it is a tough conversation to have. But it is a conversation that is a must to have. Okay, I hope that helps smooth. <laughs> with the process. Um, not a life insurance question, but still around 1099. Can you set up a 401k account with a 1099 income? If so, do you just contact a broker for this process? Good question. So we just did this yesterday for a client. So if you want to set up a 401k for a self-employed person, that would be called a solo 401k. 
right? So you can do that with an advisor. Like for me, like I set up solo 401ks all the time. So literally you just send me an email, I'll send you my calendar. I can set up a solo 401k with you. Uh, and that way that you can have a true 401k for you, right? What that allows you to do is that you can put in 22,500 as a W employee. Um, based on the gross income, you can do up to, um, I think 66,500, don't quote me, maybe somebody can Google it real quick. Uh, or, um, um, uh, or yeah, of the 66,500 combined, let me make sure that's right because I don't want to be talking on Zoom. And I mean, I'll look, I'll, ta I'll take a look for you. You can continue. Right. So I think it's for total, put solo 1K contributions total. So whatever mm -hmm. the difference is, so you got 22,500 is your W 2 amount. Then the difference is, but of the limit, you can do um, a company match to that portion. However, it's only up to 25% of your gross income. Okay. So just because you make $30,000, that don't mean that you can put the whole 66,500 into the plan. Okay. Um, that, is told, that is told. You are correct. It is 66,000 for 2023. Well, all right. 66,000 even or 500? 66,000 even. Perfect. Yeah. Good deal. So, yeah, so you can do that. And I think it's a good deal because, you know, think about this. If you are um, in that solo 401k, you can have Roth contributions. You can have pre-tax contributions. You can have company match. Um, you can do everything that's possible. OK. And then account. And then also you can do any type of trading strategies that you would like. Um, for me, before I had employees, um, before I had before I had uh, uh, before I had employees, I had a solo 401k, right? So again, you know, when I learned how to manage portfolios, I'm, I'm trading, I'm buying individual stocks. So now you can do any type of trading strategy you would like um, inside that 401k plan with no limit. So that's one, you know, one of the benefits of, that I like and love. Okay, awesome. let's see. I I can't, I come from African parents. Um, death talk is it? I absolutely understand love. I come from um, a Haitian um, um, parents. Both of my parents are from Haiti. Death talk is a taboo. It's not a conversation that um, my parents or my grandparents um, talk about. Um, it's a no-no conversation. <laughs> so um, we have been talking to my mom for years and still want to address it. Um, I would say, you know, try... Try not to use the word death. Um, I think my grandma is about to hit 90 years old. So when we talk about death with her, it's more of a transition. Um, so I would say, I think it's literally the term that um, our Africans don't like. Like, I know my parents is the term. Like, it's it, to them, it's so, it's so negative. <laughs> it's so, yes, um, Shadisha. Shanisha, thank you. I like that. Um, so change the term. Um, have a legacy conversation. I love that, Shanisha. Thank you. Um, change the term. Um, let's just say, let's talk about um, legacy. Let's talk about the family. Let's talk about um, how this um, legacy um, looks like in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Um, so yes, the term um, can be um, um, uncomfortable. So um, just like Shanisha said, um, use the word legacy. Um, but I absolutely understand because my parents until now, they don't want to have it. <laughs> they don't want to have it. I And it was so funny because I had the conversation with my daughter um, before she um, before she left for college. Um, I sat her down and 
And it was so funny because my business attorney, um, I had a conversation with my business attorney and I was asking him, what is the best age for you to have a will? And he said, the best age to have a will is when you turn 18. Once you turn 18 years old, you should have a will. And I was blown away. And I was like, okay. Um, and if you really think of it, a lot of our kids, right, they leave home and they go to college and they go out of state. Some of them play sports. Some of them play football. And he was giving me a scenario where um, a young football player got hurt um, doing a game and was, uh, was flew to a hospital. And the mom could not see his son because there was no consent. So it's so important. So once your child turn 18, make sure they have a will. So by having these conversation, um, just like Shanisha say, legacy conversation, you know, um, how, a, how the family looks like 28, uh, 20 years from now, um, that should help. Um, also express to them that you understand they don't like to talk about it. Correct. Be transparent. Be transparent with them. Be transparent with them. Yeah. <laughs> the legacy conversation. You know what, Shanisha? I'm going to try that. I'm going to say, Ma, we need to have a legacy conversation. She's going to be like, girl, where are you going with all this gibberish? <laughs> and the good, and I, I think the good thing My, is, yes. hmm? no, I think the good thing is, you know, if they present it to, in a way to the, help them understand that, hey, look, I've been working on my finances as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're just trying to get something from them. But, hey, look, this is the type of personal development that I've been working on myself. These are yeah. things I've been learning. And this is why I'm coming to you. Right. Uh, you know, just to really show them yeah. that you're actually doing that work and yeah. they see you growing, they see you learning, they see you with the books and attending the seminars and those type things. I think it kind of makes it a lot more welcoming to understand, OK, what really happens yeah. um, outside? Yeah. Shanisha, we definitely need to bring you up the stage. I will reach out to you <laughs> soon. Shanisha is the uh, life insurance queen. Yes, you absolutely right, Shanisha. Um talk about it and um, and you understand why but the responsibility will fall on you um, and you want to make sure that you aren't a burden and and that's very important too serenity I, I when I was having the conversation with my daughter she was like ma is everything okay is there something you need to tell me and I told her no there's nothing to tell you babe we're we're it's important I literally went biblical with her I was like uh, the Bible says, listen, you know, uh, a parent that prepares their child even um, for their death is a good parent is our responsibility. So it is my responsibility um, to even prepare you for my death. So and it's OK to have this conversation with your young ladies, your young men, if, if you have, um, uh, especially before they go to college. Yes. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, let me see if we have more questions. Since everybody now got everybody, everybody got now understand the assignment. <laughs> okay. All right. My condition. Okay. Thank you for answering my question. My condition, I have kidney failure and currently in dialysis, also on the transplant list. Oh. Okay. So she wants the uh a carrier? Yeah. So he um so that is the same our question that um that wanted that's 51 years old, right? And um that has major health issues. What did has, you say um he has kidney failure and currently in dialysis and also on the mm -hmm. 
Okay, hold on. I think I have it here. So kidney failure and so on dialysis. Yeah. So I would probably check. Yeah, that's going to be like a final expense type policy, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so more than likely, like a company like Americo, um, A-M-E-R-I-C-O, that, that's probably one that they could probably use. Um, or Moo may be a decent one. Uh, Mutual of Omaha. Um, let's see. And I guess dialysis. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It can be a couple. Um, that's dialysis, I guess, would be... Um, UHL or maybe Foresters. Um, yeah, it would just, again, it would really just depend, guys, you know, on stuff like that. It's kind of hard to do it off the fly, but those are just some of the companies that I know off top that if you have kidney failure or dialysis, that will underwrite pretty well and get covered. So that's one thing I do want to say. Just because you get, let's say you go with a company or you got company before and you've been declined, right? I've had clients before say, hey, Chris, well, I've been declined a whole bunch of times and how you know you're, you're going to be different. Well, the difference is that your other person, did they actually go through the research to find a carrier that fits you or did they just go with their set of three or four companies that they have, you know? So it, it's a don't get discouraged about getting declined. You know, again, there is a way. It's just that we got to find the proper fit. Okay. Um, I, I think that's like a, a huge key on that. Okay. Awesome. Another question that we have, this is a tax question. Let me pull up in here for you guys. Okay, let's see. Okay, what is the best way to deal with sweat equity as a part of owner of an LLC multi-member partnership? And what scenario would it be a deductible? Okay, with sweat um, equity, so if you are in individuals who participate in sweat equity, you can receive a tax credit or deduction Um, for um, your time and effort. Now, when it comes to a partnership, um, if if depending on the percentage of the partnership, let's just say um, it's a 50-50 partnship. Well, that 50-50 would be divided in the expense. And when each of you guys receive your K-1, you would be able, um, so let's just say the deduction is, um, let's just say the deduction is $10,000, right? We have a $10,000 deduction and we are 50-50 partnership. Well, on that K-1, um, you would get your $5,000, right, on your deduction to lower that um, your total net income uh, and your partner would get their $5,000. Hopefully that answered that question. Let's see. I, let's see. What's the next question here? I don't know. That. Um, I went to a seminar and scheduled an appointment with an attorney and my parents. Um, the attorney had the conversation with my parents. Okay. You can also do that. Yeah, that's actually really good just because that way it's a third party involved as that, you know, as a disinterested party. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. OK, Shanisha also um, suggests um, Everest May or Mutual of Omaha or Gerber um, for our scenarios. Yeah, kind of the same ones I said. Some of the same. What did she say? Um, the options that um, Shanisha said would be oh, good. Yeah, it just again. And, and and that's why I think it's so important you understand is that when we do an analysis on insurance as well, like we got to make sure, you know, the does the benefit outweigh the cost. Right. right. We got we to gotta do that cost analysis to make sure it works um, in your full plan. Right. Because, again, mm-hmm. there's some there's sometimes there's other ways that we can make it happen. Um, but just know, like just insurance gets really expensive the longer that we wait, the, the way our health yes. Um, if our health starts to deteriorate. So we got to be careful. I mean, we got to, you know, I guess I'd toggle to myself, right? We got to get up and get out in the gym, right? 
Yes, we got to be healthy, guys. Healthy. <laughs> healthy. Listen, that's, that's the first step to wealth, y'all. Come on. Health. Yeah. So think about this. So, okay. So with all my technology stuff, one one day we're going to get this right. I apologize. Uh, I got a new computer, Abby. So I got a new, remember how Mac, remember how, how Mark was talking about me saying I needed to have a new computer? My computer's going to, was that, was that you talking about my computer? That was that you, was huh? Mark. That was that, not me. That was Mark, right? That was Mark. So I got a new computer, right? Set everything up for the show. I got a new camera, got everything done, right? But I did not go back and change my um, my settings on Google, like my system settings. to like. Uh -huh. So when you click share, it doesn't allow me to access my screen. So it's telling uh -huh. me that I got to shut down Google Chrome in order for me to share my screen. So I literally had to go back to my old computer and I have my new computer it's here. Okay. So And it's OK. Tonight was great to um to answer all of you guys questions live. Um, I think tonight was an opportunity to serve yeah. you guys live. Um, we can always present to you guys, but I think it's even more important um, to um, go over these scenarios and help you guys on them like immediately. So um, someone, someone asked if you trade. Chris, live trading. Do you trade live, Chris? Yeah, I do trade. I don't trade live like in a group or a Discord, but I do trade oh. every day, two, at least two hours a day, probably. I mean, I'm, I'm the, I, I allocate two hours a day. Uh, to trading, right? Um, I wouldn't say I trade all two hours or, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. lately I have to trade in the afternoon versus in the morning. But yeah, I do trade. I do enjoy, I do enjoy trading. You Did know? you get an NVIDIA? Yes, I got an NVIDIA, but it's always hindsight 2020. Like it just wasn't enough, right? How do you think, how do you expect NVIDIA to go up $80 or something to share, right? I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, you know, somebody uh, should have told me. What is the email to submit questions? Right. We're going to post that for you. Perfect. Um, and I do have, and I do have one of the examples that I wanted to kind of cover um, tonight. You know, the real life example. I, I think I'm able to share now since I'm on my new computer. Um, so let's see if I can share this real quick. Let's see if they'll let me do it. Boom, 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 boom. Can y'all see? Yes. Oh, look at us. We, we make <laughs> right. So we are working. Okay. Let me. I'm gonna adjust my screen a little bit to make sure I can see y'all, but y'all can also see my screen. Okay, so this is again a policy example. So if, there, if there's anybody, please do. I mean, if y'all are watching the recording, right? If you guys are on live, um, I, I, there's I can't tell you how many times that when you get an insurance policy, make sure you not just listen to the agent, but you also need to understand to the documents, right? Well, I can't even say that because even if people say, Chris, I want to read the policy, like, do you know what you're really reading though, right? So I want you to make sure that you're with the agent that doesn't mind going through the details with you, okay? Going through the policy summary with you. And my goal tonight is kind of give you some things to point out in a policy that you may see, okay? Um, so again, there's multiple different types, especially for people. We've been talking a lot about today about policies that uh, people may be a little bit older, they have medical conditions or those type things, right? But however, if you're in pretty good health and you're speaking with somebody that does insurance, more than likely they're going to try to, they're going to be giving you different types of policy. It may be a term. We talked about that, right? You know, again, term is low cost, high coverage insurance. Um, yes, it's going to last for a certain period of time, but it goes hand in hand with your investment plan. OK, there's also whole life. There's universal life. There's index universal life. There's multiple different types of policies that say, hey, look, I, I want to build up cash value. And I think more than anything, especially to now nowadays, people want to know, OK, how can I get a policy that's going to build up cash or I want to get a cash value policy that I can borrow from or those type things. Should I get an IUL? Should I get a whole life policy? So my my friend, um, if he watches this, I hope he don't feel bad. You know, again, we, <laughs> right? 
so he, he was uh, he was approached of doing, um, you know, a cash value policy, mainly to borrow against infinite banking, that type stuff. And um, so he was approached with this policy. OK, so he started. Can you all see this? OK, Babby, let okay. me know if you guys, I can't see. I can hardly see what y'all see. We can see it. Okay, cool. So this is an IUA policy. Mm -hmm. okay? So this is an IUA policy. Let's I want to kind of point out the highlights of this real quick. So on this IUL, we have boom, boom, boom. Can you all okay? Face amount of the policy is about a million dollars of coverage. Okay. okay. The second the second thing is also that he's paying initial premiums about fifteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. Because the goal was is that hey, Chris, I want to build up cash. I want to, I want to, uh, I want to borrow from it in the future. I want to be protected, want to have coverage for a lifetime, right? Um, so also look at this, the death benefit option a is so critical. Okay. So this is the first definition. When you're looking at a whole life or IUL policy, uh, index universal life policy, a variable life policy. One thing that I want you always to check is the death benefit option. Okay. Um, so that death benefit option comes in two ways, right? It's going to be death benefit option a or death benefit option B. Okay. Well, what that means is that in death benefit option a, that means that God forbid some, somebody were to pass away, you are just going to get the net death benefit that's that's located in the policy. So do you see how no matter how much money this person's put over one hundred and eighty thousand dollars into this, you know, into this policy illustrated, no matter how much money you put in, no matter what the cash value grows to again, your death benefit stays the what? The same. The same. Right. So so you don't if you're doing a policy like this. One big thing is that you don't want to have a death benefit that stays the same. You should have a death benefit that should be increasing. So that is going to be option B that should be inside your in, inside on, inside your illustration. Does that make sense, guys? Y'all follow mm -hmm. me so far? Mm -hmm. Right? She said yes, understanding uh, level versus the You got to have that, right? So she, I know she's going to correct me if I do anything wrong in this, in, on this <laughs> right? Uh, and that's okay. That's okay. No, we good. No, we good. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm straight, right? The second, so, so the second thing that I want us to understand, okay? So in a, in a policy, okay, let's let's look at this. In this particular example, they're doing $18,000 a year for this policy, okay? So one thing that I always go down and look at, okay, so after 10 years, how much did you contribute versus how much is in your accumulated value versus your cash value? We got a lot of definitions to cover, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what I want to look at. So and this, so understanding this, my accumulated value, right, is quote unquote kind of like the company's money, your money, but the cash surrender value is your money that if you were to surrender the policy, this is what you would get, okay? So let's look at it. This policy showing that, okay, the accumulated value is 122,000 versus the cash value is 120,000. So what that means is that there is a 10 year surrender charge on this policy, Abby. Yeah. There is a 10 year surrender charge on this policy, meaning that those are additional fees that are still going inside this policy for a minimum of 10 years. OK, again, the fees are going to be ongoing, as I explained it here in a second. But so so 10 years, you're going to be paying fees on this, you know, on the surrender charge in this policy. Mm -hmm. See, typically a, a, um, a well-designed IUL or a whole life policy, right, for infinite banking, cash flow banking, you should have a break even point, um, um, Abby, at least after three to four years. You should have a break even to where your accumulated value, um, your cash value, should it should equal within the first three to four. It should not be a huge difference. Okay? okay. That's how you can tell if the agent is pushing more money into the base of the policy versus your paid up additions. Okay. I don't know if I'm getting too deep on this, right? Yeah. Right. So, 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 so that's that I'm trying to go over the easy part stuff tonight. Okay. So, so let's look at it again. So that's one, again, another good key that you got to look at. That's why you got to understand this crap. Okay. Mm -hmm. But 
another thing for me, if I'm looking at a policy like this, if I put in 180,000 after 10 years and my cash value is 120, is that a good or, or a bad, right? I'm not even gonna say an investment because it's not an investment. This mm -hmm. again, this policy is not an investment guys because you don't even need an investment license to sell it, okay? You do not need an investment license to sell IUA policy. So the savings, so what you put into this contract, right, $180,000, and you got a cash cash value of one twenty. how would you feel about that, Abby? Mm, I, when I'm looking at the numbers, you guys know I'm a number person, I'm trying to figure out where's my other $60,000. Right, exactly. Right, so what we, you know, so, but then, okay, as we continue to go down, yeah. right, now we have 30, We now we're over 20 years, we done put in $360,000 inside this policy. Yeah. Right, my cash value, see, how, see, let me go back here, right? No, 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 okay, I didn't say no license required, I said no investment license required. You do have to have a life insurance license, so again, so it's just no life, no investment license required, only insurance license, okay? Let me go back up and show you this. You guys see how, so you mm -hmm. see how in year 11, I didn't point this out. I'm sorry. You see how in year 11, you have your accumulated value and your cash value or, do, or what? Are the same. They're the same. So that's how you know that you're out of surrender. So remember what I said, right? Mm -hmm. you're, if I go a well-designed policy, right? Yes. Uh, your well-designed policy should have a break even after three to four years. I would say three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe quicker if we use a, um, a whole life policy in this example. Right. So let's go through it. So now again, going down here and after 20 years, Abby, we're going to put in 360 daggum thousand dollars inside this policy. Right. And then we're, we would say, Hey, look, $264,000 in cash value. So this is one one misconception that when people here online or social media, they say, Hey, look, I want to buy a car. I want to buy a home. I want to do those things right with my policy. Well, again, if you want to buy a home with your with your insurance policy, right? You got to have put that much money into the policy to even do it. It's not like you can say, "Hey, look, I'm going to get this billion dollar policy today and I want to borrow 200 grand from it tomorrow." It doesn't work that way. Not at all. Right? So, an no. insurance policy, right? Is a what you call a tier 1 savings vehicle, right? The, again, it's a savings vehicle, right? Or it's what you call a wealth capture account if you're doing it this way, okay? So let's go down a little bit further. So also in this policy, in this illustration, they say, hey, look, he's going to stop paying po paying policy premiums for this policy after year 27, right? And after year 27, you know how they talk about on social media, online and all that good stuff. Hey, look, after 27 years of paying this policy at 65 years old, you can get tax-free income for retirement. Don't they say that? So they can say, hey, look, you can get tax-free income for retirement, right? Having a policy. Man, they, they make it sound so good on uh, on social media, guys, right? That's why you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work, you, you gotta, you gotta work with people. But okay, so after putting in $486,000 into that daggum thing, right? They can pull out a whopping $22,000 per year, Abby. Tax what? Tax free. Abby, you put in $486,000 into the policy after 28 years, 27 years. And you telling me all I can get from tax free income. He said, hey, look, again, I, I, I can be a great salesman, guys. I can be a great salesman and say, hey, look, you can get $22,000 tax free income for the rest of your what? For the rest of your life. Y'all see this? All I'm thinking about is how I can put this $486,000 in the S&P 500. I can't get over that. <laughs> so this, again, so this is not a well-designed strategy, right? Nope. But I mean, they're, they're selling it this way. This is why, guys, 
man, I, I'm, t- I'm telling y'all, y'all you, you guys, but you better call me, right? You, you better, you better, you better email me, right? When you get a policy, if you have a policy like this, you look, I'm gonna break it. I'm only, I'm not even going over everything right now. But do you guys see at 120, at 100 and age 120, it says that, hey, look, I, you would have pulled out over $1.2 million in tax free dollars. Yes. All right. I mean, again, to the average person, that may sound good. You may look at this column here, right? Your cash value. Hold on. Let me let me kind of go back up to look at this stuff, right? Your accumulated like your your accumulated value. Check this out. <laughs> your accumulated value is like three point five million after year 70. Well, hold on. Let me let's do a more realistic example. Hold on. Do you all understand that? I'm sorry. I may be getting too excited on this stuff. huh? <laughs> <laughs> OK, here we go. Check this out, guys. Check me out. Let's do it realistic. OK, look how crazy this is, Abby. Yeah. Remember, remember, this column here is your is your accumulated loan amount. This is your accumulated value, your cash value. Check this out. So after 50, after 50 years of paying or or you are having this policy in force. Right. It says your accumulated value. Again, accumulated value also means like the company's money, not necessarily your money. Right. It's it's a tricky thing, but we'll go through it again. Right. A million dollars. Your cash value is what? 21K. But look at your death benefit column, guys. See, as as you as you use this policy for that tax free benefit, that whopping 22,000, what happens to your death benefit every single year? What happens, Abby? It decreases. It decreases. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, so somebody says, hey, I want to have this policy that's going to give me tax free income. Right. It's going to give me a legacy so I can pass on, you know, for, to my children, children and leave a legacy. And I want to have this policy whole. OK, but if you don't understand how these policies work, then then you're going to get screwed. Yeah, that is true. Right. So the reason why on, on IUL, guys, IULs came prominent in the, the late the late 80s, early 90s. Right. IUL policies, they have a. um their cost of insurance is cheaper in the beginning. Let me actually do a whole nother. I know we're about to run out of time, but I was supposed mm-hmm. to do this earlier um in my technology hold on let me see that okay let me let me see if i can change screens real quick and then we'll be am i okay abby you okay you, you're good you you're good you're good good stuff uh let's see let's see if i can do this okay so when you're having a policy let me know if you can um hold on yep we can see it i can't see you though okay so if you have a i'm just gonna go over this iul how it works mm-hmm. okay so when we're looking at an iul okay so typically IUL works like this. So your cost, your cost of um, insurance is going to be, I mean, it works like it's going to be cheap in the beginning. Boom. Your, I'm sorry, your death benefit. I'm sorry. Boom. Death benefit. Potentially it's supposed to grow up and then over time it's going to what? Come down your death benefit. Okay. Then you're going to have what you also have is your premium. Okay. Your premium payments called, you know, we'll call this PP, right? Your premium payments. So in this whole, into this IUL policy, you saw how your premium payments stayed what? They stay the same. They stay the same. So for most for most people, they think because you're pre- they think the premium payment and cost of insurance is the same. It's not your premium payment is just what you pay. Mm-hmm. Right. So so yeah. it, again, it, you, you can say that you have a flat premium payment that that doesn't mean the cost, because what happens the um, the overall. Let me do another color. Right. The cost of insurance over time. Right. We'll go to um, CI cost of insurance. The cost of insurance in the IUL policy goes up every single year as you get older. Yep. You see that? So the insurance company looks at two things, the cost of insurance and then your death benefit. Right. So see, those things are in tandem just because you're paying X amount of dollars. That, that doesn't mean anything to the insurance company. OK, what they look at is the cost of insurance. And your death benefit. So that's why you saw on the on the on that example that as they got older inside of this poorly designed IUL, 
the death benefit starts to go down because the cost of insurance goes up. Well, if you're not paying a regular premium every single month for this policy, where the where is it where is the company going to get the money to pay the to pay the premiums for the cost the cost of insurance? Where are they going to get the money from? Yeah. The policy, the, the cash value, the, the cash value of the policy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. All right. Please dive. This and leader. This. Uh, all right. Boom. So talk to me. So this is what I'm like. So this this is for you, Abby. Right. So mm-hmm. you were talked about we did $1,800 a month. Mm-hmm. And this, well, again, I, I want to do a disclaimer. I'm not saying to do this in lieu. I'm never saying insurance is bad. Okay. I'm a big believer in insurance, right? Um, I think right now I have close to about $7.5 million worth of insurance, I think, something around there, right? So I like insurance, uh, but at the same time, I don't want my clients to be insurance poor. So that's why we may use a, a term policy, a level term policy in the beginning, right? Or maybe even forever or throughout their plan, okay? Um, because sometimes I feel like people don't don't understand this is all a puzzle piece that has to be fit together. OK, just because the strategy sounds good, that don't mean it fit into your plan. So so my biggest thing is before somebody can, I think a, a whole life or a permanent policy, a IUA policy, cash flow banking, bank of you. That is something that is like one of the last things that you assess once all the all the buckets are filled up. Once you have a fully funded emergency fund, once you have a great short-term account, once you're fully funding your, your Roth IRA, you're maxing out your 401k, you're buying real estate, right? You're you're doing you have a, you got money saved, right? Like you gotta have a plan, guys, before you start spending a crazy amount of money. Because like Abby talked about, if somebody's just let's say the S and P five hundred, we'll say a conservative ten percent. Is that conservative? That's not conservative enough. We'll say a eight percent because somebody's gonna make check me right. Well, I even say six percent, right? Mm-hmm. We'll say for twenty eight years, right, or twenty seven years. Is that twenty seven years? We said fifteen hundred dollars a month. Am I right? It was sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, fifteen. So yeah, fifteen hundred dollars a month that they're paying for the insurance, right? It was sixteen. Sixteen hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. No, no, it was fifteen. Fifteen hundred. Okay, fifteen. Yeah. So, because it was a forty-six, remember that? Yes. Okay, that's fine. Well, so think about this, guys. <laughs> At an eight percent rate of return. So my thing is, if you're not saving more money in your investment accounts than you're than you are in your insurance policies, you're doing something wrong. Would you agree with me on Abby? I agree a hundred percent. If you only go ahead, Abby, go ahead. Because I'm thinking, okay, if my imbalance right is one point six million. I was receiving what twenty two, twenty seven thousand dollars a month for the rest of my life, right? So if I take twenty extra years, let's just say twenty seven thousand um, times twenty years, that only gives me five hundred and forty thousand. Right. The, the right. numbers, so, the math is not mathing. No thank right. you. So, so, so look at it. So if again, so that's that, that's one of my first keys to help people understand what type of strategy to use. Mm-hmm. Okay. If if you're if you're if somebody is saying, hey Chris, I'm only saving two hundred fifty dollars a month. In, in my in true investments, but I want to do five hundred dollars a month into this. Po- it's it's a little bit of an imbalance, okay? Mm-hmm. Because look at it at a eight percent rated return over twenty seven years, right? That four eighty six. That's one point six million dollars that you would have in an account. Make sense? I mean, yeah. shoot, even if I put it at a six percent rated return, right? That's that's still one point. That's still one point seven. I mean, one point one. Yeah. So we're saying, well, Chris, but this money, but the money in an insurance policy is tax free. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just keep it real. If we got one point one million dollars into an account, we'll say for forty years, 
let's say at a 6% rate of return, the money's growing, but I'm doing a withdrawal from my account, right? Let's say I'm just withdrawing $5,000 a month. So instead of instead of having $22,000 a year, Abby, mm -hmm. in money, I'm going to get $60,000 of income, but it's good. I'm going to have to pay taxes on some of that money, depending upon what type of account you put it in, if it's an IRA or Roth. Well, shoot, if it's a Roth or something else, well, we couldn't be put, we couldn't put fifteen hundred dollars in a Roth. So let me not say that. Let's say if it's a non-qualified account, you may have some some um, some long-term capital gains. Make sense? Mm -hmm. but capital gains rate. Talk to me. The capital gains rate, as we were drawing from an investment account, will be what, Abby? Um, the maximum I actually see clients is between eight to twelve percent. Come on, right? So if I'm getting $5,000 a month, check this out. That means that they can take out $5,000 a month every mm -hmm. single month for 40 years and still have how much money left over, Abby? Goodness, 1.7. 1.7. So they say, well, Chris, but it's not tax-free. Again, you just told on long-term capital gains on a non-qualified account, it may be anywhere between 12, 8 to 12 to 15% long-term capital gains rate, right? Yep, the cap, is, cap is 20%. The cap is 20%, even mm -hmm. if it's 20% taxes. Yep. Even if it's 20%, you're still beating out the policy. Yep. And nobody pays 20%. Come on now. Again, so that's what I'm saying, guys. This is not, so when you're looking at insurance, it's not a either or scenario, yeah. right? It's a it's it's a combination. It's a strategy that has to be put together. Okay. Like that's what I want people to understand is that when you're when you're looking, when you're when you're looking at this stuff. Right. When you're looking at this stuff, you, you got to look at all all rams. Right. Because, again, some insurance agents, they're going to be biased. They're gonna like, oh, well, the market's crashing or just look what happened, how much money people lost. They'll give you all the historical horrible things. Right. About mm -hmm. the market. Right. About real estate, because they think the life insurance is the only way to do it. Yeah. I'm here to tell you tonight. It's not the only way. It's, not. it's, it's a just one way. Correct. That's right. It. We can't yeah. get from where we are today to where we want to go. Right. If, if I if 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 I'm in Mississippi like I am now and I want to and I want to go to, um I don't know, Jamaica or something. Right. Again, I, I can't I only can get I need to maybe drive from Mississippi to Florida. I can take a car. Does that make sense? But then when I get to Miami and I'm trying to get to Jamaica, I got to get on another boat. So I have to have another vehicle to get me to the next part of my destination. That is right. Mm -hmm. So so I think that's what is so important. What we got to look at when building policies and understanding, OK, how much should I be invested? Mm -hmm. How much to go to if we want to do a strategy like this, if we need to do it? Because I would honestly say about ninety nine. I was about 95 of the people that are presented plans like this probably don't, probably may not be in the in the situation to do it just yet. Does that make sense, Abby? Like, there's probably sense. a lot more things that they can focus on. Yep. Uh, so right. I hope that, I mean, that's just crazy, isn't it? Yep. Like, and you can, again, if you're doing this, and this is like, I'm talking about generational wealth. I mean, that's $60,000, right? So this is for 60 years, they can pull off $5,000 a month and have $3.4 million still left in an account. Yeah. Hell, I'll even do it. We'll take 5% rate of return. People say, oh, Chris, that's mm -hmm. too high. You know what I'm saying? At that yeah. point, it would probably run out. Let me see when does it run out. If we're doing a 5% withdrawal rate, um, it would run out in about 46 years. I think it would be. Yeah, around 46 years, right? So if, if we wanted it to last forever, I would change a true withdrawal rate. If we're doing it, only assuming a 5% return, I would say probably 3,500 and it would last forever, oh, right? Potentially, yeah. let me, you know, again, I'm compliance. Let me not mess up, right? <laughs> Hypothetically on here, right? <laughs> You can do this like based on a number. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Y'all see that? Like a hundred years. That's like 1.12.7 mil. Let's go. So I hope that does that bring some clarity? Yes, definitely. And it's a, the the beautiful thing about investment, guys, and even in life insurance, the beautiful thing is, is option. 
So um, always review the options and um, the scenarios and look into what would be in your best interest, what would work for you and your current situation or your future situations. Good stuff. I think we did okay tonight. Again, sorry for the beginning, guys. I'm going to make it better. No problem at all. Great show. Uh, Thank you guys so much for showing up Um, tonight. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Um, Don't forget um, to um, like, subscribe to the Red Line. Um, Great show, Chris. Thank you. you. Amazing job. You know, (laughs) look, we a team. We're going to make it happen. Yes, sir. (laughs) Thank you again for joining the Red Line, guys. You guys have a wonderful night. Good night, guys. (laughs) 